What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Just Josh and Podcast. I am so glad that you have decided to join us, members of the ISLA, the ILSA, I should actually say, the International League of Super Acquaintances. I am your acquaintance, Josh himself, here in the flesh, or at least at my kitchen counter, ready to talk about all the happenings from week 10. An insane week, one that was jam-packed, filled with many different insane featurettes. You know, week 10 was like a Pop-Tart. It's one of those things where you... It's the chocolate Pop-Tart because that's the best one. And we all know categorically that's the best one. And the strawberry one is the second one. But you take it and you unravel it from its pouch. Um, And there's always two to a pouch, which is amazing because you always are like, man, I'm going to get doubled. It's just awesomeness. And you take it and you throw it into the toaster. And you warm that sucker up. And it gets nice and juicy. Then you get it and you eat it. And then you don't know, man, how much are those? Is that is that gooey stuff in the middle that they put in Pop-Tarts? You're not really sure what it is, but it's just filled with so much goodness. And they take it and they put it all together. And then they end up explodes in your mouth, hitting every little morsel of every back back part of your mouth to the dentures or you you probably don't have dentures but to the molars then to the tippy tongue over every taste button then hitting the very back of your little dangly thing in the back of your neck and it seeps down real good and slowly moves to the very essence of your tummy in which your stomach acids end up eating it away and you say yum that was week 10 That's what we had in store. It was unbelievably, absolutely awesome. Now, you could have been on the flip side of it. And you could have been someone that didn't have a chocolate Pop-Tart, but instead you had the s'more Pop-Tart, which is good because you got to watch and see, but it's not good because you didn't win and it tastes not that great. Or there's like a cookie one. That's just so mid. It's like not even funny, but they always give it to you. The brown sugar one, you cannot even get me started on how horrible that one is. Some of you had a brown sugar Pop-Tart this past week, and I'm sorry for you. But many of us, many of you, had an amazing week. And it's something we need to talk about because there are playoff implications on the line. Like it is nobody business right now. So let's go ahead and get into the matchups that happened this past week because we, we got to talk about them. Okay, so let's go ahead and start at the very, very top. At least my top of my docket. One that what didn't seem that exciting, but it ended up being a really exciting one, and that was Swift Gibson versus Sofa 89. Now, Sofa 89, dead in the heat, in the absolute heat of the uh, playoff race. Sitting now at seven and three was six and three. Has an amazing team, great depth, solid studs. Studs that will stud you up. Just absolutely amazing players. And he's playing um, a guy by the name of Swift Gibson. And Swift Gibson has a ton of young potential. A lot of young bucks on that team. 
A lot of young bucks on that team, and they're really trying to get it going, get themselves revved up and ready to go, but they also are looking at a future in which they have two first-round picks and the chance to be able to really reset and repivot this team with these young studs that have the, the glutes of Greek gods uh, at their fingertips, proverbially, illustratively. Um, and he played him. And uh, it started off for worse with Gibson that he had P.J. Walker only get five points, um, which, you know, that's just a terrible thing for him. Chase Claypool also pooped the bed. But the big standouts from his week was Kadarius Tony having his come out game, coming out game. Hello, getting about 20 points, close to 20 points. He had two carries, but big time, 57 yards and one touchdown. I don't know if you saw, but there was one play where he ended up going on. Um, he mossed a defender, and midway through the play, he fixed his gloves before he ended up even catching the ball. Just absolutely awesome. He also had Rondale Moore score about 18 points. Rondale's been on a little bit of a streak here recently, um, playing like 90% of the snaps. But ever since Minnesota three weeks ago, he scored. Tw- uh, he was the wide receiver six on the week, 16 and 16, and he scored 18 points this last week, so that really helped him. And then Zeke was also out again this week, so that means Tony Pollard stepped in, and he scored 21 points. Before this week, Tony Pollard, as their RB1, had never scored less than 30 points. Now, Tony Pollard, as an RB1 without Zeke, has never scored less than 21 points as uh, a starter. So that's quite the docket right there. And then, of course, on Monday night, we saw Antonio Gibson just looking night and day, night and day better than Brian Robinson. Like, so much more athletic, so much more burst, emphasis on the burst. And um, he scored about 14, 15 points on the night, ended up getting a touchdown. Um, and the game came down to Monday night. He ended up like it, it came down to that last second uh, matchup because so 89 was trying to push him away. He didn't get as much of a production out of Camaro as he was hoping. But Dalvin Cook, Stefan Diggs um, really showed up for him. And he ended up scoring 111 points. But we were sitting on Monday night with Swift Gibson. If he got 16, seven, yes, uh, 16 points, he would have pulled out the dub. But uh, Antonio Gibson um, did the right or wrong thing. You decide. I'm not here to judge. But uh, ended up not scoring purposefully the, those points. And if he would have just caught one more pass, we would be having a much different podcast today. But he didn't, and we're happy, and we're good, and we're, uh, Swift Gibson, of course, is beside himself. But Sofa 89 ended up pulling it out, pulling it out big time, whipped it out um, on Monday night, and just did an amazingly awesome job. Another really close game as well, even though the box score doesn't really share it, is Captain Jameis versus ND Star Sky Moore. And uh, we actually have Captain Jameis calling in to reflect on this game, so I don't want to spoil it too much, but... Um, Captain Jameis had CeeDee Lamb finally kind of have his coming out game, scoring almost 40 points, 150 yards, two touchdowns. It looks like he is the man that we thought he was. Devonta Smith also scoring 14 points, ended up really showing out for him. Um, unfortunately, Jerry Judy ended up getting hurt in this game. He initially was uh, thought to have like a really bad uh, like Achilles injury. It looked really bad if you watched the game, but it ended up happening that he just had a mild uh, like ankle sprain or something like that. Zay Jones also got the memo, almost scored 15 points. And um, he ended up outscoring who has 
someone that has been the perennial number one of this league. But I've been warning you. I have been telling you. If you go back and you listen to the podcast last week, and again, we're going to get into this. I don't want to get too passionate about it right now. But ND Starsky, despite having 24 points from Jonathan Taylor, does not have the depth to be able to withstand the injuries that he's now sustained. Had Cooper Cup go out to the game, out from um, out from the game, he only scored two points in this matchup, and now he's out for the year. Zach Ertz, same thing, out for the year, only scored two points. So Captain Jameis went into Monday night um, and ended up winning because of the fact that Andy Starsky doesn't have depth on his team. And now Andy Starsky is sitting at 7-3. I can't comment any more on this because, again, I want to talk about it later. But Captain Jameis ended up pulling it out. He's now sitting at 4-6 and six and uh, number 8 in the media's rankings. Um, and uh, Andy Starsky fell to 7-3. Now a gigantic matchup, America's Game of the Week this past week, and one that everyone was on pins and needles and their tippy-tippy toes for. And that was Dr. Cornwallis against A. Varner. And just absolutely heartbreaking loss for Dr. Cornwallis. Um, Justin Herbert didn't show out in the way that he needed to. Uh, Aaron Jones had a great game. Amon Ross St. Brown came back from injury. Uh, Devontae Adams came back from uh, injury. But unfortunately, Leonard Fournette went out with an injury, uh, had a little bit of a hip injury, and came back in. And um, everybody else showed out enough on a Varner's team to be able to get him to pull out the win by point. Eight six points, just an absolute narrow, narrow victory. If Miles Sanders would have had one more catch, just one more catch. If 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 any of these guys would have throughout their game had one more catch, we would have been having a completely different conversation here today. But A. Varner ended up stepping out and uh, ended up winning by that uh, under a point, and um, it's just absolutely insane. It's absolutely crazy. Um, but, you know, I don't know if I should say this or not, okay? So let me come in close, and I'm going to whisper in your um, I have it on good authority that A. Varner was, playing, was paying Nick Bosa, okay, to kill Justin Herbert. He put out a hit job on Justin Herbert's head so that on Sunday night, he would end up dying, going to the hospital, and A. Varner would end up getting the win. Now, Justin Herbert ended up coming in, but we saw him visually shaken up. And all throughout the game, all A. Varner was doing was that little, like, like he put his finger next to his throat, like he was slicing his throat. He was doing that to Justin Herbert the entire time. And Justin Herbert, it was getting into his head. Those long locks that he has, those, like, almost, like, like down to his shoulders. They were shivering in his timbers and... Um, it was crazy. So I think that probably could have been the difference in this game. And um, honestly, that's kind of reprehensible and um, maybe even a war crime, honestly, uh, and maybe something worth penalizing him for uh, in terms of removal of all draft picks or uh, an asterisk next to any championship that would happen this year. But um, I'm not the one who said it. It was just what ended up happening. Another really close game. I don't, almost all these games were close except for one. Um, another really, really close game was Mahomes on a Hill versus Vrabel Body Men. And Mahomes on a Hill, his team ended up pulling out in the last second and ended up doing what they needed to do to be able to win. Um, we saw with uh, with Vrabel Body Men, he had it, it basically came down to 
uh, Curtis Samuel versus A.J. Brown. And Vrabel Body Men and his team, like, they had it in the bag. Like, it was like, we're going to end up doing this. But somehow, some way, A.J. Brown couldn't score more than two points. And Curtis Samuel uh, ended up scoring six. And Mahomes on a Hill won 131 to 123 in a just a really close one. Derrick Henry didn't show out in the way that we really, that, that, that Mahomes on a Hill really needed him to. Only ended up getting eight points. But, um, I mean, it is going to, it you know, variable bodies men guys have to just be absolutely kicking themselves uh, for not being able to pull out that one. But Cole Komet ended up showing out. Justin Herbert, sorry, Justin Fields ended up showing out again. It looks like he could be the real deal. They've, the Bears have finally started to construct an offense surrounding him. And it feels like he is going to be able to utilize and, and, and rely on Justin Fields for the foreseeable future. Justin Fields is now running the ball. He's passing a little bit better. I think it's opening up some passing lanes. Um, one really big thing that will be interesting for variable body men is the fact that uh, Elijah Mitchell actually is being utilized despite the CMC um, uh, coming in. And, and doing what he's doing. Um, Elijah Mitchell looks like he's in a shared timeshare with him, so he can potentially rely on him a little bit, at least going forward. But I don't expect this coming from Variable Body Man every single week. Having A.J. Brown um, and uh, Waddle, I think that he has a great enough team that he's going to be able to make a push going forward. Um, but he did have Khalil Herbert end up going on IR. That only spells even greater things for um, David Montgomery, though. He has a great playoff schedule he's a great uh, schedule coming up so we'll see what that what ends up happening there but um but Mahomes on a hill I talked about it before he's now on a streak he's now pushing forward and doing what he needs to do to be able to make a run for the playoffs now sitting at five and five this is a game that he had to win and if the playoffs were to start today he would be in Another one that was so close, that was just the closest matchup ever, was um, the Sims versus Ritter for Rookie of the Year. And it was really, really interesting, a.k.a. Rob Cut. It was really interesting because the Sims had, like, so many guys playing on Sunday Night Football and on Monday Night Football. And uh, it ended up leading to him, um, uh, you know, basically... Um, like having to wait out and see if his guys were going to actually be able to come up and, and do what they needed to do. Um, but Christian Kirk got it done for, for the simps. He ended up scoring 31 points. Um, Terry McLaurin, because of the coming of Travis or um, Heineke, um, because of Heineke stepping up and doing what he needs to do and just like literally chucking the ball down the field and then hoping that it ends up getting the, the receiver. He, he stepped up and he's filled in well, and he got 20 points. Um, but uh, hopefully Debo Samuel ends up uh, getting healthier for his run as he goes forward. Um, he didn't really help him too much in this game, but the start of DeAndre Carter really, really ended up helping him big time as well. But on the other side, Ritter for Rookie of the Year, his biggest um, kind of focus for this team was the fact that Saquon Barkley stood up. Devin Singletary did well. Jeff Wilson looks like he's actually the starting running back for the Dolphins now, so that's going to be really helpful for him. The biggest thing for Ritter for Rookie of the Year is that he just his wide receiver core is just a little bit lacking with um, Alan Lazard. Juju Smith-Schuster had a really, really bad injury that just did not look good whatsoever, and that ended up knocking him out for the game and probably for the foreseeable future. But um, if he can shore up the wide receiver room, honestly, like this could be the year for him. 
Um, I'll talk more about his team a little bit later, but um, I like his team actually a lot. And I think that he's a big dark horse coming forward into 24 and 25. But uh, the Sims ended up pulling up that victory by five points, scoring 135 points and ended up winning as he continues his streak. And we're going to talk about his team in just a minute. And then um, the biggest blowout of the week ended up being uh, UConn versus uh, Supercam. And um, we'll get into some of their, their stuff as well here in just a minute. But that was just the recap of just an absolutely wild week. We got quite the showing. Um, and that also, to a certain extent, ended up overshadowing um, a trade that ended up happening this past week as well. So I'm going to go all the way back through the notes of everything that happened. Um, and what we saw was that UConn ended up trading um, to Zeb Greenfield. Or I'm sorry. Zeb Greenfield ended up trading Kyle Pitts to UConn, and Zeb ended up receiving um, the 23 first of A. Varner, uh, Rashawn Penny, and Dalton Schultz, and UConn ended up getting Kyle Pitts. And, um, you know, I think for this year, getting Dalton Schultz for Zeb Greenfield is probably better than ha him having Kyle Pitts this year. For UConn's roster construction, I think that this just blows him up into a completely different territory because I do think once Kyle Pitts gets an actual starting reliable quarterback, and that could be next year, Kyle Pitts is going to be kind of that like Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, like that tier of player. And when you have that in your tight end spot, that takes your team from um, good to great. And we see that time and time again. That happened um, I think in the championship or it's, I mean, it's happened not in the championship, but it's happened for many different teams to have, it's almost like a cheat code because of how bad tight ends are. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't really care for Rashad Penny. I think Rashad Penny is done, um, with all the injuries that he had, the age that he is, um, I think he probably ends up going to the free agency yet next year. And his biggest hope is just to get signed by Seattle again, to back up KJ Walker. Um, but, or KJ Walker, Kenny Walker. Um, the first round of A. Varner is going to end up being a late first, probably. So, um, I mean, that's fine. But, like, really, once you're sitting in the first round, that's a different feeling than, than not. Dalton Schultz, I actually, I, I don't know if it's because his name is just so um, boring. But I, I'm not, like, the biggest Dalton Schultz fan. But he does produce. And, and maybe he, I mean, he was like highly touted coming into this year in, in redraft formats. He was like sometimes a, like a really high pick, like an ADP. It was just like crazy. And I was kind of shocked by that. Um, he has struggled with injuries and then he did produce this past week. So I think for this year, I think it's good for Zeb Greenfield. I'm really interested going forward if it actually ends up becoming something. But um, for UConn's roster construction, I like this a little bit more. For Zeb Greenfield's team, the, getting a first-round pick back is fine. I just that's not the highest priority this year. I think if he were to flip that first round for another player that he can insert into his lineup, that's a high-end, high, you know, tiered uh, player. Like if he could package that first-round pick with someone else, and then get a, another great wide receiver or a running back, I actually think that takes his team from um, from like really good to like championship tiered having Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Derrick Henry 
right now. There is a there's a window right now that he's going to be able to hit on and surrounding that core nucleus this year with other players and maybe foregoing a first round pick for next year um, would benefit him. That's just my opinion. I just think that in order to get over some of these teams going into the playoffs, that's probably what he's going to have to do. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so um, I want to get into the weekly report. But before I do, I do want to thank our sponsor this week. And uh, hashtag actually not a sponsor legally. Um, but sponsor, hashtag not a sponsor. Uh, Naked Way. I have the chocolate protein. Uh, Naked Way is... Uh, a, a protein with only three premium ingredients with nothing to hide. They only use pasture-fed cow's milk from small dairy farms, and they use careful max- uh, manufacturing processes to create a non-denentured whey protein loaded with essential amino acids, glutathione, and clean protein. Naked Whey contains only three premium ingredients, and we are committed to shortening the steps between our farms and you. Don't let labels and big agribusiness fool you. Additives are there for bottom line, not your health. Get naked with Naked Way. Hashtag use the code hashtag get naked and you'll see the naked difference. I love that stuff. It's great. Okay, um, let's go ahead and get into the weekly report for this week. Um. The number one team of the week that ended up doing the best was A. Varner's team. They ended up scoring 143 points despite the fact that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is dead. And I had told him personally to sell him. He decided not to, but his team was good enough to be able to overcome that. He's going to end up getting Mark Andrews back from bye next week. Um, and he scored 143 points. Uh, Supercam's team... He scored only 89 points and was America's poopiest team of the week. I super cam love ya. This is what I've been trying to espouse for very, very long. He's now kind of, you know, termed himself no wideouts. That's essentially the situation that he's in. Romeo Dobbs not showing up anymore. Michael Thomas out for the year. Odell Beckham's trying to decide between two teams, but he's not going to be able to get him back and plugged in in time. He has some great running backs. Like his thing is running backs. And we've talked about that time and time again. I don't know. I He's sitting now at uh, the second to worst team in the league, according to the media standards, at three and seven with a five-game losing streak. Again, I think his team's really good. He's at a crossroads now, though, in my opinion. Okay, here's my unsolicited opinion. It's either you trade away draft capital to be able to get some wide receivers that are currently producing that are going to be able to push you into the playoff race. At three and seven, that's such, like, that's going to be hard. But I think that these running backs are great enough that you're going to be able to do it. I don't think that you can wait for Odell. I think that you trade Odell to someone that is potentially going to want to use him for the playoff run or going to use him for next year or something, you know? Um, But your situation right now is either make it or break it, do it right now and go with it. So um, lean on the fact, if you're going to go for this year, lean on the fact that you have Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Isaiah Pacheco, 
and uh, Austin Eckler. And then just try to do what you can to use draft capital, whatever draft capital you have left, to be able to fill in some of those spaces with some wide receivers that can at least be like a ten like ten points each week. You already have Brandon Cooks, I think that's fine. Robert Woods is iffy, um, but just one or two guys. If you can flip some of those other players that you have on your bench, or maybe package someone together, go get them. But you are sitting at three and seven, and that's going to be a rough, rough road with everyone else that's already there. So again, this is your make or break week in my opinion, and. And again, this is just my opinion, but the age of the running backs that that you're currently sitting with right now are at an age where you got to begin to think about their max value. And in a year, two years, some of these guys aren't necessarily going to be viable, but they are very, very, very nice for a team that would be competing. So when you're looking at a Nick Chubb, and I'm going to pull up his age here, when you're looking at a Nick Chubb, I think that he's worthy enough to hang on to because I do think he's young enough. He's, well, he's 26. Anytime you have – again, this is just my opinion. I'm going to be flamed for it, but you know what? Come at me. But anytime you have a 26-year-old running back, I think that you have to begin to think, okay, what's my end game? Right now, you can sell them for like a first-round pick at minimum, like at absolute minimum. Um, do you need to rebuild your team? Do you need to try to sell away Nick Chubb? Like you're going to be able to get more for him. I'm not, I'm not going to spell it all out, but – you're going to be able to get a lot more for him. Allison Eckler, same thing. Sitting at 27 years old, um, what what could you get for him this year? Um, you know, I I just th- there is a solid young team here. I think somewhere, um, but I think that there is a prayer session that needs to be had. A looking in the mirror. A do I compete or do I sell? And I think these young running backs give you a a huge opportunity to be able to sell them for a lot of capital, get a good amount in return, and pivot your team. My my fear for you, and this is just me saying this in love, my fear for you is that these running backs begin to die out. You, you're not able to capitalize on their capital, and next year you don't have enough draft capital to be able to get wide receivers to support them. So this just continues to happen year after year. These running backs age out. You don't get wide receivers that are able to fill in. And then now suddenly you're sitting there um, without a team. And you, you're going to have to end up ultimately making some moves or just kind of suffering. So you're at a pivotal point. I don't envy you. I think that it is hard sitting at 3-7. and seven. This it To me, it's not a 3-7 and seven team. It's not. But – but the wide receiver starting Demir Bird and Robert Woods, that's a rough look. A.J. Green luckily got a touchdown this past week. But with Robbie Anderson and then um, Hollywood coming back. Now, I forgot, you do have Hollywood on IR, and he may end up coming back earlier, and that's a good look. But I don't know. I would consider trading away some guys. Um, you got, you know, I don't know. Gus Edwards here I see as well. That might be a tradable asset. Um, a lot of quarterbacks, like a ton of quarterbacks, maybe trading away one of those guys as well uh, would help you, like a like an Aaron Rodgers or something like that. I know he doesn't have a ton of um, – there's not a ton of allure there, but like is there enough to be able to go after a wide receiver that's not even like a great, huge wide receiver? Anyway, I, I digress. I'm not going to spell this all out. And I, who, who am I? Maybe I'm not the professional, okay? Maybe I'm not because I've done a lot of really stupid things. A lot of dumb things. I followed my heart and my tummy. 
and not my head. But um, I don't know. That's just worth it. Um, I got very lost in that. Um, and I probably should get off that. Um, I've been going too long. I, there's a few players of note that I just want to spell out. Justin Fields ended up scoring 40 points. I talked about it a little bit already. Just unbelievably amazing. How great is that Cole Komet trade, too, for uh, Rabled Body Men, a.k.a. Josh Long? Cole Komet just was kind of like waiting to get his breakout game, and now it's happened two weeks in a row. He's dealing with a little bit of an injury, but that'll be interesting to see what ends up happening there. Um, Christian Watson was a bench warmer of the week for Swift Gibson. Ended up scoring 32 points. It looks like, boop, boop, boo. That guy is here, and he's ready. He may look weird. He may look strange with the number nine on him. But three touchdowns for Christian Watson this past week. He looks like an athletic freak. If he can continue to stay healthy, boy, boy, he's going to be unbelievably good. He ended up scoring 32 points against Dallas this past week, and he just looked great. Um, all right, so League Awards real fast. Most efficient manager was actually Andy Starsky. He ended up scoring 102 points, which is really funny. Um. Yeah, that's just really funny. Um, the highest points in a loss was Dr. Cornwallis, who scored 142 points. He could have been the uh, best team of the week. That's the saddest thing. Biggest overachiever was Rob Cutt, scoring 130 points out of his 103. All I got to say is that boy can coach, okay? He can coach. He did really well. All right, um, let's go ahead and get into the power rankings, and I'll talk about some teams and stuff as well. I got I to gotta really split this thing up, so I'm so sorry. Um, okay, so again, this is not the media's power rankings. These are my power rankings. I think a lot of times the media ends up getting things wrong. They're not really considering ethics or morality or uh, attractiveness enough. And so these are my ranks, and these are the, the right ranks. And if you want to argue them, then get on the show and argue them. At number one, I have the Simps. The Simps team is high, flying, and mighty. CMC is leading the charge, and he has a solid wide receiver core. I think that this guy is going to be able to capture the championship or at least be in that hunt. He's sitting at 7-3. and three. His team looks really good. He um, He's just balling, doing absolutely amazing. So I have him at number one. At number two, I have Sofa89. Did almost lose to the Simps. I think sometimes his team could be a little bit hot or cold. They could be still a move away, potentially. But having Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. Let me just continue to pull up his team here. Um, you know... Having Stephon Diggs and Mike Evans and Chris Olave and Pat Fryermuth, I can go on and on and on. That's a solid, solid team. And um, sometimes it can be a little hot or cold, like Mike Evans right now. It's a little hot or cold, but like, dude, go for it. I think that that's that is just a great team, and you're gonna be, um, you're gonna be spicy. I can't pull up where's okay. Um, at number three, I have a Varner, um, probably would have him higher if it wasn't for all the allegations that were placed against him, but I don't want to side myself too much with someone that has been, uh, tried for sexual impropriety. Um, but his team looks good. He has, uh, he has traded for this position to be in. He's going to have Mark Andrews back probably from injury very shortly. Um, and he's going to be able to roll, um, the question marks I have is Clyde Edwards or Lair. I, I mean, I don't think that 
I think that he's not good, and I think that he's basically been faded out of this offense. Um, Raheem Mostert seems like he's going to be getting the backseat to Jeff Wilson as time goes on, so that's going to be really interesting to see. Devin Duvernay does seem like he's solidified himself as the wide receiver one, so take that for what it is. Um, I don't know. I'm interested. I'm interested. If he would be, if he would have lost, he would have been sitting at six and four right now, which would have been a really interesting look. Okay, so now at number four, I have ND Starsky. Um, I don't want to talk about him until a little bit later. I'm going to put him at number four, though. At number five, I have Mahomes on a hill. His team is moving. I talked about them already. Mahomes, Henry, Tyreek. You're going to win every week with those guys. If they play to their top potential, they're going to, they're going to win. At number six, I have uh, Vrabel Body Men. I know I showed him love on the podcast last week. <laughs> Great friend of the show. Um, I can't say much more. Anytime you have A.J. Brown, anytime that you have uh, Jalen Waddell, um, you're going to be great. Um, Justin Fields is a league winner kind of guy this year. Uh, and David Montgomery is going to get more work now that Cleo Herbert's out. So don't know what to tell you. I think that he sneaks into the playoffs and falls in and will be a disruptor. At number seven, this is a big, I was trying to figure out where I wanted to put him, but I do think I have Dr. Cornwallis at number seven. Really solid team, great running backs. Aaron Jones can be super hot and cold, but I do think that he could be a factor to be able to disrupt kind of this, these middle rounds. We'll see what ends up happening, but um, great player, great guy. I think that he can go far. At number eight, I have Captain Jameis, ended up winning this past week. Uh, sitting at four and six now, um, great wide receiver core. He has uh, Damian Pierce, who is absolutely amazing. I do know that Damian Pierce is actually on the trade block and is available for draft picks. And would I think that would be an interesting, interesting, interesting thing for a team like a Sofa eighty nine to go after or a Mahomes on a hill to go after. Um, I think he would be available for a first and maybe a little bit more. Um, or a second and a really pretty solid player. Um, and I would do that if I was a contender. Um, I'd do it. Personally, I'd do it. At number nine, I have UConn. UConn probably could be even higher than this. UConn's team is really, really good. It's just it was coaching that really kind of hit them early on. Um, Coach UConn was going through the divorce early on, and it w was really kind of uh, spelling out bad things for him. It just didn't work out. At number 10, I have Ritter for Rookie of the Year. Talked about this team a little bit already. Wide receiver's a little bit of an oof. Running backs are pretty good. Um, he does have three picks that literally could be in the top five next year. And that's insane. That's why I love his team. This is a GM at work. This is a big brain activity GM who is going after what he needs to go after to be able to do what he needs to do to be able to win a championship. At number 11, I have super cam until the wide receivers get sort sorted out. I am not going to be able to rank him higher than this. And that's just kind of where we're at right now. And number 12, I have Swift Gibson. These wide receivers are really trying to play it out. Um, but a lot of young talent, some of them are just like really unbelievably athletic guys like David M Davis Mills, um, but they just need to work it all out. Um, all right, so real quick, I want to jump into a phone call, and this is a little bit of a debrief from uh, uh, Ann McPherson talking about his time with ND Star Sky. Let's go ahead and listen. Hey guys, it's the uh, the captain here, Captain Jameis that is, and I just wanted to hop in here and, you know, not even talk about the matchup between myself and Indy Starsky, but is he going to make the playoffs? I, I'm 
I'm really concerned because we may be witnessing one of the most historic and monumental collapses we've ever seen in this, you know, short league, but I believe he was seven and one, has lost two in a row. There's no depth. There's injuries galore. Is he gonna make the playoffs? I'm I'm really interested to see how this pans out, but and I haven't looked at schedules or who he's playing, but I mean, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a wild ride at the finish. I could not agree more, uh, Captain Jameis. That this is what I was saying last week, dude. He, his team is like built on some really great players, like unbelievable players. But when those players are gone, there is no depth, and you need depth in this league to be able to be competitive. Jamar Chase could like literally was still spotted on crutches just the other day. Cooper Cup is probably out for the year. Josh Allen has some sort of elbow problem. He's going to continue to be Josh Allen, but he has an injury that he sustained. Um, Jonathan Taylor, yes, he came out this week and he did great, but he's had injuries as well. Their team is bad. How do you know that if the next injury that happens, he's not going to get shut down? He's on a massive uh, losing streak right now. Um, I think a three-game losing streak sitting at seven and three. Like, dude, he – no, two-game losing streak. I don't know if this team is going to be able to continue to do what they need to do to be able to go forward and actually win this championship. But Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson are not saving you anytime soon. They suck. So, um, yeah, you do you, but I'm a do me, and that's where we're at right now, okay? Um, And I could go on and on for days about how much I hate him and this team, but um, just me, just me. Do you care about the league? Do you love what we do? Some of us aren't doing this because we're want, we want to have fun. Some of us, this is our livelihood, okay? So take this seriously. Stop messing around. Um, all right, and then we have uh, one last uh, call in from uh, uh, Swift Gibson and his manager um, talking to his team. Go ahead and take a listen. You can't keep doing this. You can't keep doing sh- and then feel bad about yourself. Like that makes it okay. You need to be better. Yeah, and I absolutely agree. Can't these guys can't can't keep doing terrible things and then continuing to think that they're going to get away with it. They can't, and that's just where they're at. They need to shape up, do what they need to do, be able to win a championship, and get going now. I know we've talked about the year twenty twenty five. I know we've talked about coming up championships but let's win now right guys let's stop making bad trades let's stop doing stupid stuff let's have fun okay anyway well thank you for joining us today um my super acquaintances i love you all have a great week see you at week 11 bye